Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Graham Norton Radio Show. How exciting is this? With Waitrose. Over on Virgin Radio. Up and Adam, come on, things to do. Don't cheer, you'll just embarrass yourselves. We're not bored of it yet, so it's lovely. There's no stopping them, no stopping them. The Graham Norton Radio Show. Oh, there's nothing nicer, is there? Nothing nicer. With Waitrose, food to feel good about. I mean, what's not to like? Saturday and Sunday from 9.30. Over on Virgin Radio. Us, it's big intro time. Our next guest has led Ted as head and written a book we've read. And he'll give us today our daily bread with his new book, Infectious Generosity, the ultimate idea worth spreading out now. So let's feel that bliss with Chris Anderson. Good morning, Chris. <laughs> Good morning, Chris. Great to meet you, man. Well, it's lovely to be here. So pleased say. you're here. I'm so pleased you've written this book. For people who don't know about you, can you give us a sort of mile high? view of uh, Pracy, a little sort of potted history of your career, your life so far. (laughs) My parents were missionaries. I was born in Pakistan, grew up in Pakistan, India, Afghanistan, came to England, got educated, um, ended up becoming a journalist and then uh, got obsessed with computers, like obsessed, and started a company. It was a great time to do, to make computer magazines. So I made a lot of those, (laughs) went to America and made some more and other specialist magazines. And then in the late 90s, discovered this crazy, weird conference called TED, kind of fell in love with it, had a chance to buy it, which was a great thing because my company was blowing up in the dot-com crash of 2000, 2001. Blowing up in a bad way. In a bad way. Yes. Yes, yes. It's, it's actually, it survived and it's thriving again. It's called Future PLC. It's, it's, uh, it's still here and, um, and, and I love it, but I'm no longer part of it. I, I did this sideways move <laughs> to, uh, to take over Ted. As a, as, a, as a non-profit, basically, but to grow it from one conference to sharing the stuff online. All right, a couple of questions. Um, mm. Here we go off the back of that response. Um, wasn't it an ironic time when there were lots of magazines about computers? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it was. It was the only way before the internet. That was the only way you I could know. find out about what was going on. Which is and, so mad because it's the opposite of what they're talking about. <laughs> no, no. Well, indeed, indeed. And uh, we probably should have seen the writing on the wall more clearly <laughs> that they were coming to eat us all. <laughs> and so, so then you get you your first your first experience of TED. Mm. Um, first of all, what does it stand for? When did you first hear the acronym as? What is as yeah. TED? Yeah, so it's it's technology, entertainment, and design, mm-hmm. uh, an odd mix actually. You would think, and it was an attempt. It was a conference held in California to try and bring together those three industries. So it started actually way back in 1984, which was the year that the Apple Mac came out and the year that the first CDs were done. So if you think about that, there's technology, entertainment and design wrapped up in them and people were going, whoa, synergy. Um, but the, the, the weird thing was that by having a conference where people have to speak to people outside their industry, it makes them talk a different way. They talk to explain. Yes. And they talk shorter. 
And um, and so it was kind of amazing. Like it, it took you out of your world into a broader world of understanding. I I find it super inspiring, as did a lot of other people. So what was the blue touch paper that lit the explosion, of which the likes of which the world has still not seen since that became TED on YouTube, for example? Well, it was basically YouTube. It was the arrival of online video, yeah. which seems like just another little technology. But it's actually quite profound when you think about it, because it's the first time that humans have been able to scale to an unlimited number of people anything. Anything that you can capture on video can now scale to countless millions, billions of people. Um, so that was huge. And, and we found ourselves saying, oh, my goodness, here we are. We've got this interesting content. We should probably share it with the world. And uh, even though we were worried it might blow up the conference because who would pay for a conference if the content was free? But it turned out that by giving this stuff away, it was the best, not just like a, a nice move to make, it was the best business move you could actually make because more people than ever were interested in the conference. And so it's actually that, that that got me thinking, seeing seeing these talks go viral and suddenly from a few hundred people visiting our website to millions, it really got me thinking boy, the rules really have changed in this connected age. Like what you hold on to and what you should give away has changed. Uh, And so, you know, that became our strategy. We gave away our brand, TEDx event, and let other people do TEDx, TED events that we couldn't control, which was occasionally really embarrassing. Bad things happened, but not that many. Mainly it was amazing. And and there are now 3,000 events around the world. You know, you you couldn't do an organisation that runs three thousand events around the world without going stark staring bonkers. And the the first the initial explosion, which was an overnight. I mean, it was like a rocket, wasn't it, to the moon um, that nobody had actually bothered to create or invent. It just sort of it for some reason it took off under its own steam via six initial talks. Is that right? Yeah, there were six initial talks were the experiment, and when we saw how people reacted to them, we thought. Oh boy, we we kind of need to give away all of our best. What were the numbers content. like there? Well, so the, so the, um, I mean, the first like in the first sort of day or two after it, maybe ten thousand people were coming to the website in, instead of a thousand or under a thousand. But it, it just it just relentlessly grew. I mean, they just continued to go viral. One of those first talks was by Sir Ken Robinson, a you know, British educator. It's a wonderful, inspiring talk about education, um, and it was seen by seven hundred people live. And then today, you know, 27 years later, it's still seen by several thousand people every day. Every single yeah, day. Yeah. And you were in the millions of views pretty quickly, weren't you? Yes. Yeah. And so so it, it kind of, not, not with those first six talks, but the, the reaction to those first six talks told us that we had to give away all of our best content. Right. So we did that as soon as we could and kind of re, did a big reshaping of what the org was like and and it was it was beautiful and amazing to see so you were in the giving game we were kind of in the giving game yeah and and it turned out to be how, how can i say enlightened giving in the sense that it, like it was <laughs> it was in ted's huge long-term interest yeah and that's part of the delight of the moment is that there isn't i think a contradiction between being generous in today's age yep. and achieving something for your own long-term good some people might see that as a contradiction. I don't think it is. I think that is the thrilling, wonderful fact of today's connected world, that it makes sense to be generous. Yeah, it makes sense to be generous and it's lasting uh, happiness. Generosity makes you happier. So just speak to some of the facts behind, the evidence behind that, please. Right. So this is 
backed up by a lot of science. I mean, the biggest single thing was was this giant Gallup survey that was done of, of like a couple hundred thousand people across the world, where they asked people a lot of things about their lives, including, did you give anything away uh, to charity or, or to other causes in the last month? The people who did were on average as much happier than the people whose incomes had doubled. So that that is crazy, right? Because because most of us are obsessed with, you know, if I could only make 20% more money, yeah. that would solve most of my problems. If you doubled your money, that's not quite like winning the lottery, but it's close. Um, you can get, according to this Gallup survey, the same level of happiness by, by adopting a generosity spirit. And uh, I, I just wish that was more widely known because I, I think it's profoundly true. It there are a lot of things that get in the way of people doing that. It's frightening to give in some ways. No one wants to let go. We have loss aversion. But people who do, especially who give thoughtfully, it, you know, it, it transforms how you feel about yourself and about the world and about life. Yeah, because if, if you, you could be forgiven and we could all be forgiven because it's happened to all of us. If you double your money, you harbour your problems. That, um, that sort of formula comes out of nowhere because it doesn't exist and it's not right. No, it doubles your stress most likely as well. <laughs> yeah, it does. And, it, you know, and adding is often something that we think is the way to solve uh, things and, it's, and taking away is often the way. Yeah. Um, it's also good for business, isn't it? It's also good for big business. And this has been proven as well. So I, th- I think this, this is true in this age that we're in, that really every business could, could take a day out to brainstorm. What's our generosity strategy? Because most businesses are successful today only because of the people they have. Like the, the value that's created today is basically products of the human mind. And those people don't, or the best of them, don't want to work for a company that is not contributing. It's not doing its fair part to contribute to the common good. So if you want to recruit great people, you need a great story. And the truth is you can have an amazing story by giving away something. If you have a great asset that can be shared online... That may turn out to be the thing that helps you more than anything else because suddenly millions of people know about you. It's that there, I think there are a bunch of risks that companies could take that it would amaze them what the response would be to those risks. Yeah, and low risks. I mean, in some ways, low, low risks. In some ways, not. I mean, some you know, you, someone might have knowledge that they view as commercially sensitive, but it's possible that if you created a free online course to share that knowledge... You know, you'd be giving it to competitors, but you'd also be putting a, a, a standard flag in the ground saying, we're the world leader in this. This is, you know, we, we believe in this. It's, it, you would gain the reputation for being the wisest company in the world yeah. at Topic X. Yeah. And, and my guess is that your recruitment would, would more than make up for any commercial loss. And there's that great phrase, isn't there? There, there is energy in not clinging. Yes. And whatever this sort of IP is that you're talking about as an example of something that you could give or not give away, whenever you, whenever you get to your own IP, you don't get there by clinging. You get there because you've got nothing to lose. And if you then change your attitude or your mindset to become a sort of Fort Knox of your own, whatever it may be, then you, that is a lock not only on the content or what perceived value you have of something but it also locks you in a stasis of of movement it stops you developing and if you do Mm. give it away it continues your flow and you get all the added energy and the benefit and the freedom of thought that goes with that 
I think that's profoundly true. Um, there can be discomfort to it, by the way. Like it doesn't always go super smoothly. <laughs> but in that in that discomfort, usually something better emerges. Yeah. Um, I want to push people to the book. The book is fantastic. Talking to Chris Anderson about infectious generosity. Chris is the head of Teddy's, the Ted Head. But also he's written this amazing <laughs> book called The Ultimate Idea Worth Spreading. And it's very much on the, on the shoulders, standing on the shoulders of what Ted stands for in the first place. In the book are amazing stories that you can pick up and put down whenever you want to. You don't have to... It's not a... a continuing narrative. So I want to highlight some of the great stories to give people a taste of what's in it Mm. because it's full of stuff like the mystery experiment. (laughs) Tell us about that, Chris. So there was a couple in the tech community who made some money um, and wanted to give it away. Um, And so it was $2 million. And they they wanted to learn something in giving it away. So they made a lot more than that and chose to give two million. They they made more than that and and thought that they would like to give give two million back somehow. So we we brainstormed with them and came up with this idea for this thing we call the mystery experiment that was done in partnership with the university. Um, And what happened was that we recruited people online to come and take part in a strange experiment that would be stressful, possibly life-changing. You know, a couple thousand people applied. Uh, 200 of them from lots of different countries, different income levels were chosen. And they got this this email saying, well, hello, congratulations. We'd like to wire $10,000 into your PayPal account. No strings attached. They were like, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but when we eventually persuaded them, um, something truly amazing happened. There was one string attached, which was that they had to tell us how they spent it. But that was literally the only thing. There was there was another subdivision, wasn't there? Right. So 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 they were divided into two groups. One one group had to report what they were spending on their social media channels, and the other was supposed to keep it secret. Um, surprisingly, there wasn't actually much difference in behaviour between those two groups, which which when when you hear what the result is, it's possibly even more surprising because the what happened was that more than two thirds of that money was basically spent generously, was given away to family, friends, strangers, causes of all kinds, more than two thirds of it, not what most economists would predict would happen. And so this was like a huge wow for me personally, for the researchers, they published, they published two papers as a third coming about this. It's the biggest um, so- social psychology experiment around generosity of this type that, that that's happened. And um, it just shows that we're, we're wired to respond to generosity. We're a social species. People, someone gives you something and you want to respond. And I, I spoke to a lot of the recipients and said, what on earth? Why did you do this? And they said, I, look, if I'd won the money in a lottery, I probably wouldn't. But because this money had been given to me, I felt seen. I wanted other people to be f- see, feel seen the way I'd been seen. It was the most, it was the most beautiful thing. Yeah, because the book's called Infectious Generosity and you can infect other people with generosity, but you can also keep reinfecting yourself with the same seed. Yes. Yeah. You, you, you can become abs- addicted to generosity. In, in a beautiful way. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I, I do warn people in the book, it's a dangerous book to read because you may get infected, but, <laughs> but it is a beautiful infection and, and I, hopefully you, you wish never to recover. I, I think the way you keep infecting yourself, maybe, is just through gratitude. Just, you know, we take, there are so many things when we take a minute to step back and think yeah, yeah. to be grateful for the fact that we're alive now in this century and not when we're all covered in sores and, you know, with a black plague upon us or whatever, yeah, that yeah. we get to live protected from the winter's chill. Yeah. That's amazing, that, amazing. We, that we have people we love, that 
we open our eyes and, and every day, if you look for it, you can see beauty. I mean, this is, this is, these are amazing things. And when, when, you, when you acknowledge them, it makes you want to give back in some way. Yeah. And please read this book. So more amazing stories in the book. And there are not hundreds of them, but there's close to 100 of these stories. And they're all, they're all fascinating. They're so engaging. Tell us about the real Superman of Bogota. The Superman of Bogota. Oh, so, so this um, mayor... So, so, so generosity, or so I talk about him in the context of creativity. Of yeah. If you want kind things to go viral, you in, insane levels of creativity are part of the mix. We're often just too cautious. So be creative. He was a politician who was amazingly creative. Um, he he did things like you know they they were like he he, he filmed himself. In the shower, for example, you know, showing how you could save water by having or, shorter showers. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that was the story. And they had they had all these sort of weird things in the streets, like they would paint um, spots on the streets where where accidents happened. They would they would re- recruit taxi drivers. Um, oh my goodness, I'm 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 forgetting some but of these he stories. He was generous with his creativity. He was generous with his creativity and because he was doing it for the right reasons. He seemed to be gifted more creativity from somewhere, more originality. He he won support. So so one of the things that they they did was they he he allowed for and he offered people to add on to what they were paying in taxes, generously. They could just do it and they would be recognised. Yeah. So this is a really powerful idea that the amount of tax that people paid went up, and people were delighted by it. <laughs> like imagine that, yeah, no. you know, a, a political stance that allows people to be joyful about the extra tax that they're paying. So yeah, creativity is is huge. Um, and again, once you sort of, it's it's a bit like taking the stabilizer off your bike. You know, if you if you crack a creative nut for the right reason, you then hear the language as it's being spoken to you on a daily basis, and you can start to download it from wherever it comes from. Mm. As long as you start then paying it forward and dishing it out. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Love music? Love interviews with lovely musicians? Search Virgin Radio UK on YouTube to find brilliant album specials with some of the shiniest lights on our playlist, including George Ezra. It won't be like this forever, so just enjoy it while it's here. It's a really wonderful thing. And James Bay. It's about me. It's about my relationship with Lucy. It sums up so much of what went into writing this whole album. We're all works in progress. I still don't necessarily know who I am. And Depeche Mode's Dave Gahan remembering the late, great Andy Fletcher. I'll be honest with you, the first thought that came in my head was, I wish I'd been a bit kinder. Watch all that and more at youtube.com slash virginradiouk. Another beautiful part of the book is where you say, where Emmanuel Kant was wrong, Joey from Friends was right. (laughs) Speak to that if you don't mind. So the philosopher Emmanuel Kant was famous for saying, generosity is only real if it is done purely from 
moral reasons, sort of moral purity. If there's any other mixed motive in there, it's not really an act of altruism or kindness or, or generosity. And I used to agonize about this as a philosophy student, actually. I, was, I think, well, wait a sec. How, how can that be? Like, like, people have some reason to do something, even if it's just like, if I scratch my conscience, my conscience feels better. That's a that's a reason that benefits me. Does that mean that the act wasn't pure? And the truth is, I think he's just wrong on this. I think I think psychologists know that people act for so many different reasons. There is always a reason. And if you if you if we sort of get cynical about every act of generosity where there's something else in it for the person, um, we'll get excited about nothing, and we'll um, we'll do nothing good us ourselves. So I, I I think you know in a way generosity is always even as it was taught to me, give and you shall receive. Well, hello, that's a promise that you get something back. So is that, does that mean it's no longer moral that you give? Well, no, it doesn't, because giving is hard in the short term. It's always hard in the short term. But the fact that today you get back a bounty of things unlike we've ever had before in history because of our connectedness, you might end up with thousands of people around the world knowing about you and your work and wanting to help in some way. Your reputation is going to spread because of this. You are going to get happy because, <laughs> because of this. These are, these are reasons that should be celebrated, not, not snarked at. And, uh, and I, I think if we, if we just collectively decided to do that, instead of looking for the impure motives in each other, look for the pure motives and, and celebrate the rest as well. Because, I, Chris, I, I feel like we're in this existential battle right now. There are these different narratives out there. A lot of what spreads online isn't kind or generous at all. It's horrible. You know, anger, disgust, division, mistrust, all these, all these things are dividing, tearing us apart. And... I, I think we're in an existential battle for the future of humanity, honestly. Like, we we are in danger of hating each other so much that we won't be able to do anything together. We won't be able to solve any of the problems that we're facing, and we are facing huge problems. So the stories we tell each other about each other are crucial. And right now, too many, our, one of the things that's gone horribly wrong with the internet is that social media algorithms are rewarding people who tell dark stories. It's the quickest way to get attention is to say, ooh, big threat, big danger. Look how horrible they are. Everyone goes, yeah, tell me more. Click, 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 click. And so they're the people who have become the loudest voices. And it's resulting in us just losing trust in each other. I think it's so dangerous. I think to speak to what you just said there, um, I think we're in danger of fooling each other that we hate each other. Not into hating each other. I hope that's right. I hope that's because right. Because we don't, because it's not our natural state to hate each other. Because, and also, when you get up in the morning to hate, you have to rehate. You mm. wake up. Most of us are very fortunate to wake up with, whether we realise it or not, with love in our hearts. And if you're angry about something, like if you if you have a row with your spouse, you have to remember to be angry again the next day because you naturally you don't want to be angry. So but- so. There is a rage not against the machine, or there's a rage. You know, you can be on the rage bus and 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 just forget to get off it if you like. Um, mm. Talking about celebratory people and people being celebrated for being generous, there is no better sort of poster person for that in the world than Mr. Beast. <laughs> now, for people who don't know, who Mr. Beast is because he's <laughs> he's got this ironic name, which 
he came up with because he's really clever and he's such a student of his art now which is youtube he's still only 25 his real name's jimmy yeah um t- tell us tell everybody give us again a mile high view of mr beast and then tell people what he does why he does it and you know to be generous or not to be generous is that the question or is it how do you be generous or how not to be generous is that mm. a better question mm. Mm. Right, so so Jimmy Donaldson d- decided, you know, like as a teenager, he was obsessed with YouTube and, and with a group of friends fought hard to crack the code of what does it take to be successful on YouTube? How do you become a YouTube star? How do you get videos to go viral? And uh, he studied every aspect of it from how you edit a video to the little picture you put up and the headline and so forth. And basically ended up attracting an ever bigger audience, even as a teenager and, and uh, you know, I think he... Um, instead of college, or whatever he was, he became this incredible. Well, his mum thought he was going to college, and he used to go and sneak off and stay in his car all day. That, there you go. <laughs> because she, she said, "You either go to college or you leave home." So he had to pretend to go to college because he did, couldn't afford to leave home. And then when he could afford to leave home, he told his mum he hadn't been going to college, but don't worry because he could now afford the rent elsewhere. <laughs> exactly. So his his success has been astonishing. I mean, he's his he now has more than two hundred million. Uh, followers, subscribers on subscribers, YouTube. Yeah. So it's 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 absolutely breathtaking. His he puts up a video, and within a week, it's typically seen by fifty million people. I mean, there is no terrestrial media channel, I don't think, that that can get, that can match match those numbers. And this is this is a guy with with a few friends who's 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 done this. Now, the what he's discovered and what is beautiful and hopeful for the future is that he's not out there being a merchant of doom. Like, like much of social media, he is out there celebrating the wild, the fantastic, the exciting, the amazing, um, and often the generous and the, and the kind. Um, he t- takes great delight in these amazing stories of, I mean, some of them are kind of, you know, these fantastical games that he'll put people through, but they're often, what he does is full of surprises. You know, he set up a car dealership so that people could come in and they'd see this amazing car and ask how much it was. And he'd say, well, it's 50 bucks, you know, it's yours. And they go, what? He said, no, it's yours. And he'd no, just... No, well, he'd say then, okay, 25. <laughs> <laughs> he's so funny, isn't it's it? Funny. Exactly, it's funny. Um, and then he's, you know, he's done videos like, um, hey, a thousand people got their sight back through cataract surgery. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, these videos, you look at the people, you look at their reaction, and and you can't help but be emotionally moved by it. Um, now, he has his critics, people who say, well, cataract surgery, hello, you're not addressing the underlying problem of public health inequity or, you know, why only a thousand? Or like there's, there's lots of ways in which people can snark. And it's true that there is, there is an important role for system change and for all these other things. But I think I think two things. One is I've become convinced just talking to the people around close to him that he is the real deal. He is he is in his heart determined to do this for for good for the long term. He's going to re- he's making a fortune. He's he's plans to recycle it all. Two, it's done with respect for the people he's done. You know, there are some kindness videos that are out there where people get ambushed and something kind has happened. About? Yeah, and it, you could you can cross a line there and exploit people just for the views. Um, I don't think. That's how to view him. I think the main way to view him is that he is inspiring millions and millions of people in the next generation. He's especially popular among teenagers and even My under kids ten- love him. Yeah, he's, he's. I love him. I actually love his videos. <laughs> I really do. I think they're amazing. They are amazing. He's teaching people that kindness can be cool. Yeah, you know, kindness uh, is cool. Jeez, you know. Oh. Now, 
What about that? Because cool, this, is, this, is, this is the fundamental problem that, that the rest of us have been wrestling with our whole lives, is that good is boring, evil is compelling. Yeah. This, is, this is down to our quirky human nature, the things that we're drawn to and pay attention to. Every artist has discovered this, every storyteller. And when it comes to the battle that we're fighting now for, if you like, the soul of humanity, going for, like, I, I think it's a huge problem. And, but he, he is showing that actually there is a different way. And I think you can make quite a strong case that the generation coming through is sick already of the mean world that yeah. we have we are showing right. them i think you're completely right and i think it's really patronizing of us to say oh my goodness me the kids are in peril yes of course they are to do with their young brains and their impressionability and the neuroplasticity but hang on a minute you know they also are more um uh, armed with what it would take to see the problem more clearly yeah. um less uh, insecurely uh, and fearfully hmm. and do something about it. And if he's leading the charge, I don't, I think that's more than all right. Um, you talk about, once again, just got to tell you, Chris Anderson is who we're talking to, talking about his book, Infectious Generosity. Chris is that also happens to side hustle, head of Ted, Ted head. Um, <laughs> loads of great stories. Mr. Beast is one of them. Um, tell us about Jeff Bezos's ex-wife. She's in there as well. She makes the cut. Yes. Mackenzie Scott. So, Jeff and Mackenzie got divorced a few years ago. Um, she was given in the, or given, I mean, she was owed in that settlement like $60 billion. Right. And she amazingly pledged to give it all away um, and to do it without the way that philanthropy is, is normally uh, requires of people who receive the money. Normally people are put through this incredibly painful process of endless meetings, grant applications, bureaucracy, check, check, check. It's micro-investigation. You know, she, no, normally someone like her might hire a huge family office and, you know, make it... She, she decided to give away the money with as few strings attached as possible to use her judgment on who was doing something that mattered and then just write them a big check. And she's the, the pace at which she's given money away is unmatched by any of the very rich. I mean, I've, I've got to spend time with Mackenzie. Have, she's just an extraordinary human being, and she's deadly serious about, about doing this. And, and I know of more than a dozen org, organizations who've been transformed by her generosity. And it's beautiful to see. It's really, really beautiful to see. And, and one, one interesting thing about her is, you know, like we, we normally say, oh, generosity has to be done anonymously. She's the most modest person you could imagine. She, she, she won't take the limelight. She won't do pub big public interviews or anything like that. But she wants the organizations to be known. The fact She knows that the fact that she's given money to them helps inspire other people to give, helps the organizations themselves gain traction. So she's willing to let that fact be known. And it, it's another example of how the rules have changed in the age that we're in. It's okay for acts of generosity to be known. It really is. The book is in three parts and the jam in the sandwich is part two. How? Everyone can play a part. Six ways to give that aren't about money. Attention, bridging, knowledge, connection, hospitality, enchantment. Catalysts of contagion. How to shift generosity from invisible to viral. Pass it on. How infectious generosity depends on the stories we tell. And what about money? How to move beyond <laughs> impulse giving. It is amazing. I love, I love everything about the book i love the synopsis at the back i love the 
the letter you write to us, a heartfelt open letter at the end of a book you've also happened to have written. I love what your friend said, because um, he read a draft of your book, one of the first drafts of your book, and mm. he came back with the simple comment, what is the most generous version of everything I do? I'm going to think about that. Whether it's opening the door for someone, whether it's how I exist at work, whether it's how I'm with my wife, whether it's how I make my bed, whether it's what I do with my spare time, how am I to myself? What is the most generous version of everything I can do? That's a very useful useful question one that's so useful it clearly struck a chord with you because you put it in your book yeah it's it did move me and it challenged me actually um because the thing about that is that generosity mindset is 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 essential to to do any generous act what he's saying there is that he's looking for that generosity mindset normally chris we we, we kind of sleepwalk through our day most most of us like we're in you know our instinctive selves carries us through we walk you know, commute to work, whatever, we're obsessed on what we're doing. And we don't have time, we don't have cycles, we don't have to to think about other things. The first act of generosity is that is finding somehow that that willingness to shift attention to something outside ourselves. And that's what he's saying is I'm I found myself wanting to spend attention just thinking, is there just a slightly more generous way I could be? And what he says is that, so, you know, he's in a supermarket and, and instead of just going through and paying, he'll stop and, and smile and thank the, the person he's paying. Yeah. You know, just think, things like that change that person's day, change your day. And they're, really, they're actually really small and easy to do and make you feel a little bit happier. We find it shockingly hard to do. Well, it's a little bit happier, sometimes a lot happier, but whether it's a lot or a little bit, it's happierness that lasts longer because this kind of generous um, satisfaction is what you regard you you, you state as being uh, resistant towards hedonic adaptation. And again, the science behind that. Isn't there? Yeah, there is. So everyone listening to this will know that when we acquire stuff, you know, we get excited about it. Some here's some great new toy or even a car or you know whatever it is. We get very excited about it for a bit. A few months later, it's just part of our lives, and and you know we we don't yeah, and it's sort of do you do we get joy from it? It's just we don't you know, and it's it's a really really annoying fact about us that that our our brains are never satisfied. Yeah. You know, we want more. Um, the other kind of happiness, though, from from giving, it 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 seems to be significantly longer lasting. Like people who. Uh, give money away they just or, or any actually any kind Time, of generosity energy. yeah yeah any any of those things it just it goes deeper it because it's not it's not just a sort of scratching of 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 material satisfaction it's it's your reflective self saying oh i like this version of myself um I, I, there's an element of pride, of delight. I can be this person, and it stays with you. It changes your your self esteem in a way. It's like well, it's a change of energy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. You, you can look at yourself in the mirror, metaphorically or really, when when you're in this state and you feel the energy coming from you, as opposed to you trying to grab it from elsewhere and bring it towards you. And yeah. it's it's a definite for me. It's a simple plus or a minus. You're yeah. either it's either positive energy going out or it's minus energy trying to cling on to things or grab things from elsewhere, trying to consume some kind of satisfaction, trying to take as opposed to give. Mm. And there's, a, there's that lovely bit you talk about at the beginning of the book. Are you a net giver or are you a net taker? Right. So I think that's a powerful question, honestly, Like because there are so many different kinds of generosity and we all get very confused about different aspects in our life. Ultimately, 
that what links them all is that question, am I, when you take everything into account, no one's perfect, no one's perfect. We all consume at part of the planet's bounty. We all have done things that we're not proud of. Are we, am I a net giver or a net taker? Because if on average, all humans were net givers rather than net takers, we're going to be just fine. <laughs> we're going to be just fine. It's so true. It's so true. I, I am. I am a net taker. I'm a net taker. No, I try. I give. I give. But I'm. I've got to be a net taker. No, what? Well, I would challenge that actually, because I was thinking about infectious generosity coming in and thinking about what you do. I mean, you've got an amazing platform. You're very lucky. But I mean, millions of people in Britain wake up feeling crap, and then they listen to you and feel less crap. And um, you are. You are. You are spreading delight and laughter and 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 just a form of joy to a lot of people every damn day you're on the air that is that makes you a massive net giver no matter i'm getting paid for it that that's okay is that okay yeah no that's of of course that that's okay but so so doing meaningful work i think is is one of the most important things and you know if if you are working for a company that you believe in that is a huge gift and you should you should get a lot of joy from that if you're working for one that you don't believe in, that you think is not, you know, you're spending most of your waking hours doing something that isn't net giving. So your choices there are to, I mean, obviously, if you can find different work, but actually companies can be nudged, can be changed by quite a small group of oh, employees. Oh, we're nudging, don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> quite a small group of employees can make a huge yeah. difference. And then, by the way, happy to be nudged. They're happy to be nudged, which is great. Um, so I know you mentioned taking their hand in the book. So talking about right livelihood there. So so there's the eightfold path if you're interested, uh, which is right perspective, right thought, right speech, right action right livelihood, right diligence, right um, uh, mindfulness and right consciousness mm. and uh, concentration. Uh, and then you get into that. I could talk to you all morning. Vas had loads of questions for you. Sorry, Vas, completely hogged the interview. <laughs> Do apologise. <laughs> Did a bit of flow there. <laughs> yeah. Don't think you mind. Chris, uh, we're out of time. Anything else you'd like to say? No, just just thank you for this and for for what you do oh but there's an I will say one other thing there's an AI if people if you want to play with an AI there's an AI you can play with Uh, it's at infectiousgenerosity.org it will help you brainstorm how you can do your infectious generosity thing so it's really fun it's really fun how many people work for TED? 200 200 people work for TED and they create all that sharing of ideas and sharing of inspiration. Are you allowed to say which your top three TED Talks? Not, <laughs> not officially in your own opinion or are all your, you, all your children are your favourites? Um, I mean, gosh, uh, I mean, I, I'll never uh, forget Sir Ken and for the, for the ripple effects from that original talk back in the day that continues to, to spread. So if you haven't seen that one, you should definitely... Uh, see, see that one. There's, there's a for anyone who's interested in this topic. There's a beautiful talk by someone called Sarah Lomelin on giving circles and how actually anyone can create a little circle of uh, friends and figure out how what you want to do with that. That's yeah. that's really a beautiful talk. That's what Mr. Beast did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, TEDx, you know, big up TEDx, long live TEDx. Uh, responsible for bra- breakouts, brilliant, such as Brené Brown and various <laughs> other people. Exactly. Um, and what's 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 the next twelve months look like for you? Well, um, TED continues to, you know, we're we're trying to be uh, 
brave in this sort of very complicated media age. We've got a new conference coming out called TED Next. So we're, TED we're, Next, yeah. So nice. you know, next generation, new formats, uh, all those, all those kinds of things that'll be happening in October. Um, and um, I'm obviously thinking about other ways to spread generosity, I, and um, especially among. I'm trying to persuade some of the very rich to do a lot more um, with their money. You know, yeah. rather than snark at them, I think there's a big opportunity to try and encourage them just to dream bigger and build a golden bridge and invite them to meet you there. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Great to see you. All right. Great to see you, Chris. Give thank my love you so to Jacqueline, much. by the way, who I'm oh, a big fan of. Oh, thank you. I'm a lucky man. Yeah. All right. Thank, thank you. you so much. Craving some great 80s music. Play Virgin Radio 80s Plus. On DAB Digital Radio, on the app, on your smart speaker, and at virginradio80splus.co.uk. I got my mind Love Chris Evans. Woo! Love the 80s. the 80s. Virgin Radio. 80s Plus. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.